0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast today, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about reducing screen time in their home. I'm Melanie Hempe, and thank you so much for listening. Today, I am so excited to have Julie Christian come and share her story with us. Julie is a Screen Strong ambassador, so you'll have to find out more about what that is. And she is just, um, she's just had, she just has a very, very personal story about why her family has chosen a screen strong lifestyle. And I feel like, just with our audience that's building, that it's really important to hear these stories. Um, I feel like um, back when I was struggling, as many of you know, with my son, you know, with Adam, when we were going through his gaming addiction and all the things that happened, I just wish I had been able to hear more stories from moms, you know, families, um, moms and dads like my husband and I, And, and we couldn't hear those stories anywhere. We couldn't find those stories. We thought we were the only family going through the struggles and the conflict in our home over screen addiction. And it was super lonely and confusing and it was really frustrating. So Julie, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your story because I know it's going to help so many families.
1: Well thank you so much for having me too. I, I love sharing my story because I, I want to encourage other people.
0: Yeah, it's just like um, a mystery, you know, and you have to hear from multiple people. In fact I think I think most people need to hear stories about screen addiction on a regular basis, (laughs) because I feel like the stories and the examples and the testimonies are what keep us, you know, on track. I mean, honestly, it's really easy to get lost in the culture. So why don't we just jump right in and um, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about your background and just about your journey and and what things used to be like for y'all.
1: Well, uh, we began our journey you know, reducing our screen time in our family almost four years ago. I, I get confused on the time and I have to, think what grade were my kids in? So my, um, my oldest son was in third grade and my youngest son was in second grade. <clears throat> and my daughter was in high school and she had a phone, but I was a single parent And I was very, very busy and the boys went to like an after school program and everybody in the after school program had tablets or iPads and the people at the after school did the homework with the kids and they were very good about coaching the kids and not letting them spend a lot of time on the devices. And they did karate and things like that too. So I got a bonus. Actually, it was a gift, a birthday gift from my boss to me and it was a monetary gift. <clears throat> and as a single mom, I was just so happy to have the money. I went right out and bought iPads for my kids as their Christmas oh. present, and I was
0: so oh, excited. No. I was
1: so excited. <laughs> and I gave them to my kids, and it was the absolute worst Christmas gift I could have ever given them. But I didn't know at the time. I thought, you know, all the other kids have them. This is a great place. I mean, they really did spend a lot of time and attention. On my kids, they were, it was a wonderful program. <clears throat> but uh, my kids promptly got on games, and it, it just went downhill from there. And I didn't get an iPad for my daughter because she had a phone, and she was fine. And during this journey, I really never, I didn't pay attention to my daughter's issues with screens, which we can talk about later. <clears throat> so it was primarily my boys, and uh, the second grader and the third and immediately my second grader began having these terrible, terrible tantrums. So what began my journey into removing screen time for them was that I actually was just afraid for my safety. He became in just a couple of so violent that his tantrums would take over the whole night. So we would get home from karate and do dinner and homework and bath time, and he would have a tantrum over something little, <clears throat> and he would become violent to the point where i would have to take my daughter and my older son put them somewhere else where they could like watch tv and shut the door and not listen and then i would have to shut him into his room and sit just inside of his door so that i could make sure he didn't pull anything heavy down on himself or harm himself but he would just basically destroy the home he would find anything he could to try to break open the windows, to beat holes in the walls, pull books off shelves, turn over furniture. It was, and he's a little guy. It was terrifying.
0: Well, and what, let me just ask you, what was the tantrum over? Like, was it because he wanted the iPad and you didn't give it to him? Or was it just these random tantrums?
1: They were random tantrums over little things like, I don't want to brush my teeth or I don't want to eat broccoli or... They were all little things, but they were so violent, and it was such a big difference from what we were experiencing before. Now he was always an impulsive little guy, but nothing where the violence started to threaten our personal safety. So I was <clears throat> dating my now husband then, and um, you know we were dating seriously, and he mentioned something about the screens, but. Yeah, I just kind of, I pushed it away because everybody has screens and nobody else was experiencing those problems. Then I was worried about our safety. And I was thinking, I need to make a safety plan for these kids. And I need to know when all the police, I was worried about him hurting me. And because he, and he wasn't in he would lay there screaming and say, I can't make myself feel better. It was, I thought something had happened to him mentally. Um I called the school and spoke to the resource officer and the first thing he asked me is your child playing video games. That's the first I said my child's being violent. I'm worried for my family's safety. What do I do? And he said is your child playing video games. And then I had to talk to my now husband and say, "Well, the police said something, but let's take him to counseling first and see what the counselor says." Well, the counselor was wonderful and spoke to him about managing his anger and going outside and throwing rocks in the pond when he's angry or yelling at a tree, but she didn't really adjust the screens at all. And when I would ask her, she didn't, didn't really have much to say. Um, this was, you know, almost four years ago. And uh, so my husband and I talked some more and we said, you know what, I think we're going we're gonna to try to take these screens away from the children. So um, I think initially we just decided let's try it for a month. We did not have any books or any support or anything. I had never heard of you, <laughs> but we just did it. Um, it was it was interesting, but we together, and my husband was retired at the time. Um, so together we just invested all of our time into spending that time with the children because we did feel like they were addicted Our plan was, okay, we have this one addicted child. We thought the other one was fine. So we're going to have to replace the screen with other things. So we did really plan out all of their time outside of school. And we were outside all the time. We bought um, lots of balls and toys and, you know, roller skates and skateboards and things like that, which honestly are really inexpensive compared to screens and the things associated with screens. And we spent all our time outside. That's basically what we did for the first month. And in that first month, his tantrums had reduced and become less severe, less violent, and shorter in duration. Uh, So immediately we saw the effects of it, um, positive benefits of it. And then over the next few months, we began seeing benefits in our family life where we had not even realized how much we didn't like being around our kids. Because their behavior was inappropriate, but it had become so to us that we didn't realize that we just couldn't wait till they were gone because they were so difficult and they turned into kids that we wanted to be around. And I don't even think we really noticed it until other people started saying, Hey, your kids are so nice or Hey, your kids are so polite or Hey, do you want to come over our house with your kids? Yeah, and um, being at family things where the other kids were having screens and ours didn't, there was always a noticeable positive difference. So, at that point, we were solidified that we did not want to invite the screens back into our home. I think they were hidden at that point, and I just I just threw them away. So, my kids are still mad. Those are those are our toys, and you threw them away. And like, trust me, you will thank me when you're an adult. But uh, the positive benefits continue to grow, and we will not as a family introduce screens, you know, entertainment screens. They have computers now for school, and we really wish they didn't, but it's just a necessity right now. But TV screens and phone screens and games do not come into our home.
0: So tell me what happened. Um, so, okay, when this was happening with your son, and he was, did you say he was in third grade? at the time?
1: The one that was having the tantrum the was second grade.
0: Yeah. Oh, he was in second grade. So, so, um, okay. So you, you, he, he didn't really have a history of all these tantrums or anything until then he got the iPad. And then over time you started realizing he was having the tantrum and then you took the iPads away and then the tantrums sort of get better. So is that what I'm hearing you say? Is that sort of the way the, the lay of the land was at the time?
1: That's exactly what happened. Now, he does, he's still impulsive and he's still emotional. But honestly, I had to think of a time where he had a tantrum where he frightened us or made us feel like we were unsafe. It's been years. Is it got him capable of applying some of the lessons that he learned in counseling? Whereas she was talking about, this is how you manage your anger. He could not think straight during those times to manage the anger, even if he wants to, And um, removing the screens where he can. Now we have had doors slammed in our house um, and we've had yelling happen. They are also preteens now, they're they're 11 and 12. So <laughs> some of that are normal, but if he's very angry, things he likes to do is he has boxing gloves and he goes out and he boxes the garbage can. Because it's heavy, and it won't move, and he just boxes the garbage can.
0: No, that's really important. In fact, um, you know, getting that energy out is what you're describing. And you know, Dr. Victoria Dunkley um, in her book "Reset Your Child's Brain," and we have her actually on the show coming up um, as well. And she talks a lot about the stimulation and the hyperstimulation in the limbic area of the brain, and what was actually happening to your son is that area of his brain was being hyperstimulated. And when that occurs, the fight-flight mechanism kicks in. And I think we all kind of know what that fight-flight mechanism is. It's um, when your body literally has a chemical reaction to a stimulus or um, a stress, And what happens a lot of times in kids is that never gets a chance to regulate. And what that means, it never gets a chance to calm down. And so there are kids out there literally that are in a constant state of fight flight. And um, they're trying to live (laughs) a normal life with this. And it's very difficult. So it comes out maybe in behavioral issues. But really, if you can get them like what you did, you got him off that screen you know, and and even after a month, you started seeing a decrease because his brain started recalibrating. So, um, I think for people who are listening out there, this is so real. This, the story that you just described happened exactly to one of my twins when they were little back before I, you know, made the decision to have a game free home. And it was for that very reason. And, um, And I could see that one of them, especially one of them was super sneaky, (laughs) but one of them was, um, was very outward in their lack of control when they would be on the Wii or, you know, uh, even just a game like Mario or something that I didn't think was violent and it just puts their brain in this altered stressful state and then you can't do anything else. And so, so think of it this way, like you're on a scale from, you know, one to ten, with one or two being your normal, you know, um stress level. Well, our kids are operating around eight or a nine all the time when they have even even an hour of screen time a day. It takes a long time to recalibrate and get back to that one or two. The stress is very significant. And and for adults, we think, well, no, we can just purpose ourselves to switch gears and switch. But kids can't do that. They don't have the ability to do that yet. They're immature. They don't have the the um, strong connections in their frontal cortex yet. And the other sad thing is when our kids are on screens, even if they're just mindlessly scrolling, the frontal cortex starts to shut down. There's actually less oxygen going there, less blood supply going there. So the very thing that we need them to use is being slowed down by the screen. So tell us, um, I love, I don't love it, but I really appreciate what you said a minute ago about, um, that you didn't like your kids or didn't like being around them. And I love that you said that because I, I love that transparency. I am right there with you. That's exactly how I felt. And I felt very guilty for that. And, you know, it was just easier to put our son, in the basement and let him play his game because we didn't like who we Uh were, you know, when we were around him, we didn't like who he was when he was around us. It brought out the very worst in both of us. And so I love that you said that because I don't think we talk about that enough (laughs) and um, talk a little bit more about that and, and then about your next son, the next older son.
1: Well, it is something that when I was thinking this morning, what do I really want to convey to parents who are considering this is that it's not just a journey that makes your kids better. It's a journey that makes you better as well. Because what it forced me to do when I took the screens away from my kids was realize how far I had let it go and how bad I had let it get. And also it helped me realize that, if I didn't like my kids or I mean, I always love my kids, of course, but if I didn't spending time with them, I had the power to change that because I'm I'm the parent. I'm the boss here. Oh, you know? and I have the power to guide these kids and make them people I want to be around or people I would want to hire as a boss or students I would want to teach as a teacher. And honestly, when they were on screens, I didn't want to teach them. I wouldn't want to be their boss. And I didn't want to be their friend or just they were they were perfect for screens and not much else. And so I would say to a parent who's considering this is just be ready to really think about, you know, what you want for your life and your family, because you can change everything for the positive. And, um, you know, yeah, you have
0: complete control. Yeah, you absolutely do. I think that and I'm so I'm so excited that you were able to, you know, take the bull by the horns and do something about it. And, and I love what you just said that you, you didn't want to be around them and you didn't want to teach them. Can you imagine what it's like to be a teacher? Uh, if, if you are a teacher listening to this, my hat is so off to you and my heart breaks for what you have to do when you're dealing with kids in your classroom that are in this state of stress and um, this fight flight mode that they've been on their game all night and they come to school and then they, are, you know, then you get them, you know, and, and, and bless their heart. It's not their fault. And, and I realized with my son that it was a hundred percent my responsibility. It was not his responsibility. It, I take full responsibility for that, which is, you know, why we made the decisions we made, but continue um, with um, your Journey from the point where you obviously have made this decision, right? And give us some of the um stories around your your son and then your daughter, just kind of bring them into the picture now.
1: Okay, so my younger son was getting better and better, and I thought, wow, we're on to something. But what I didn't realize is that my older son, who's only 10 and a half months older than the one that was having the tantrums, um, he- wow. Struggling Mm -hmm. to pass in third grade in the state of Florida, if you don't do, if you don't get a specific score on your language arts or your, your reading assessment, uh, they hold you back. And the teacher had called me and said that he was in danger of being held back. And we were working really hard and we even went to tutoring and it didn't really do much good. Uh, but when it came time to take the test, he took the test and we were mentally prepared for if he had to be held back. And then I got the call that he had done so well on the test that he moved forward into the advanced program, the Cambridge program. And um, we wow. were so surprised. Wow. I actually asked are you sure? Cause I had to go into school and pick up the summer reading assignment and everything. And I'm like, are you sure yeah. that you have the right child? Cause I've, two- <laughs> you know, I have two. And yeah. this one was going to fail. Are you sure it was him? You know, I made him check grades, and you know, even even the little girls that lived across the street that were a couple years older. When I told them that 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 son made Cambridge, they were like, "Really?" <laughs> and it's not because he wasn't <laughs> like you know, it just wasn't him. It, it just it taking those screens away. It's almost like it they were developing so slow in the, in in some of their skills. Right. When the screens got removed, they just made these leaps and bounds. And since that time, wow. the kid who was just doing okay in school, he's now my my straight A student. He gets student of the week and student wow. of the month, and he's in the scholar bowl and he loves to participate in sports. Yeah. That's another thing I doubt I told you, I've I've put it in my blog before, but He actually was uh, obese. The doctor at his physical said he was obese and made him go get blood work and things like that. And that was really hard for him and scary for him. And after after we took the screens away, the next time he went to the doctor, she complimented him on his weight because he was no longer obese. He was a normal weight. So he wasn't making any diet changes. It was just... Mm -hmm he was not sitting all the time anymore. So it,
0: it- um, he was moving and was moving. we, we talk about how important that movement is. And especially for boys, I mean, it's super important for girls too. Don't get me wrong, but especially for boys, they have got to move to get that energy out. They've got to move to get their muscles going and their testosterone regulated. They have to move to get their weight down and to just develop properly. So, you know, what you're describing Julie is let me just say what you're describing is like a domino effect, right?
1: Well, and I just want to add this for anybody who's listening. If you have boys, a tired boy is a good boy. So tire them out Mm
0: -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. good.
1: (laughs) A tired Mm -hmm. boy is a good boy. It's the Mm -hmm. best old adage I've ever heard. So, um,
0: I just remember my boys, you know, when the twins, we had a game-free home when they were all coming up through their little grades in middle school and everything, and they would literally be outside and playing just like what you're saying. They're just wearing themselves out. They would fall into bed at night. I mean, fall. I mean, like they were so tired. And I think that's what really got us through. And sometimes their feet are
1: still dirty. Yeah. 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 Our kids, our kids sometimes will. And they got like dirt under their toenails. Yeah, and, dirty,
0: tired boys.
1: And then, oh, you wanted me to talk about my daughter. Um, so great. My daughter is now 20 and she has autism and she always, you know, wasn't a new diagnosis. She was always doing very well in school. So throughout this challenge, I never, I've never really changed anything for her. She didn't watch TV and she didn't really play video games. She just liked to surf the internet on her phone. She doesn't do social media. She just likes to find interesting facts. So I thought that was harmless. But, um, and I never did address it with her, but she went off to college and she did really well her first two years. But during the pandemic, uh, her her father, my ex-husband passed away and she was going through extreme amounts of grief and stress because she transferred to a new, more difficult college and that magic combination of pressure made her use her phone as a a way to soothe herself when she felt sad or anxious and about into the semester she started having trouble with the professors because they were irritated that she was late to class and i asked her I'm like why you know why are you late to class And it wouldn't come out. And finally I got it out that she was losing track of time on the phone before leaving for class. And then she asked one of the professors for help in calculus and the professor flat out refused. She said, I will help you when you start arriving to class on time and you stop fiddling with your phone in class. And I was horrified. And I saw that email because This is a child who really wants to learn and try hard. She just got messed up with this phone, but that just goes to show you how easily a kid that is on track can go off track so quickly with these devices. And it's, and it's not just kids. It's us too. I'm constantly checking myself and making sure that I'm not on it too much or addicted to it Um, because it, it is, it's addictive. So she did. We spoke about her issues, and she puts her phone in her bag when she's going to class, which is hard for me. You want to talk about helicopter parents? I mean, I've got my autistic, grieving child hours away from me, and I'm like in touch with her during the school day because I told her to hide her phone. (laughs) But it all works out.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: And, um, she's, she's recovering from that issue. And when she gets home, she puts her phone, she has like a little apartment style dorm room and she puts her phone in the kitchen to charge while she does her homework in the bedroom. So those are conditions. Um, but you know, it can, it can at any time. So we just, we just avoid the screens and devices at all costs.
0: Well, you certainly have had quite a journey. I think that your story is um, priceless for the parents out there that are, maybe they have young kids, maybe their kids are in kindergarten, first, second grade. Maybe they have kids that are in middle school listening to you, starting to put together the pieces. And I always say that, um, you know, it's really good to go get information, of course, from research, reading articles, reading medical articles, reading books going to doctors, getting therapist opinions. But I'm telling y'all out there that some of the best parenting help that you'll ever get is from other parents who have actually been through the journey. And um, I think it's true from everything from potty training your kid to uh, how to deal with screens. You talk to parents who've done it, who've been successful who have come out on the other end and that's exactly what Julie has done. You've been through the fire, you know, I've been through the fire. We have a lot to share with people, you know, if they want to (laughs) listen, you know, I always say, I'll just feed people who come to my table. You know, I'm not about to go hurt anybody's feelings, but when, when you're at that point, it is so helpful to hear from people like you, Julie, it's so helpful to feel like, you know, we're not alone. Can you, answer just a couple questions before we close. One thing um, I was wondering if you could um, could just talk about a little bit is what would you say to a parent, to a mom who hears your story, who knows she's kind of got this road ahead of her, um, you know, she's got to cut back. What would you say if, if she said, you know, um, how how do you do it now and how do your, your kids not feel left out from all their peers? how how do you handle that in your house
1: well it's 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 a common question i get it all the time and i will say that in the beginning they did feel left out but naturally over time they found friends that liked to do outside things just like they do and in the beginning it feels like a loss but as a parent, you have to realize that those kids who only want to do gaming and only want to do their screens, they're not going to be the best examples for your children to follow in the next year or two because their lives might, you know, go in a negative direction. But you know, if you mm-hmm. get your kids in outdoor activities, make sport when when that's available, um after school activities, they're going to find friends that have similar interests that don't involve screens. And then after they find those friends, they rarely feel left out. Um, they don't really mind that they don't have an ability to text their friends. They're, they're kids. They see them at school. And it really hasn't been a problem for us. So I would just tell a parent who, about that. It's, it's, it's fixable. Just give it time. Your kids will find other friends.
0: So you have a game-free home now, and your your boys, do they have any type of phone or um, any kind of device like that? What do they have?
1: They do not have any devices. Now, because of the pandemic, the school did issue them Chromebooks that they have to take to school, and they use them at school. And it's, it's the bane of my existence, but it is what it is. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. I, I do not allow the, the Chromebooks to go into the bedrooms um, because it's just even mm-hmm. with the school's protections, I just don't trust that they won't find bad stuff.
0: Yeah. So
1: they have to use the Chromebooks downstairs to do their homework. Once homework is done, the Chromebooks are stored in my bedroom so that they can't sneak them at night because that is an issue with my younger one. Yeah. Uh, They do not have phones. If they want to text a friend, they're welcome to use my phone. Um, I mean, if you've got a text friend that's so private that your mother can't see it, you probably shouldn't be texting it. So um, at one point, I was working before the pandemic, and uh, I got a little cell phone for them. I guess, you know, it's kind of like a version of of the Gab phone, but it wasn't a technical Gab phone (laughs) um, that just did phone calls and texts. And I had that at the house in case they got home on the bus and I got stuck in traffic or something, um, but that's it. And then when I stopped working outside of the home, I, I canceled that. So they don't have anything. And we, we do have television, but it's not plugged in. We don't have cable. But again, you know, please don't think that's a sacrifice. This all came naturally over time because our lives moved outside of the house. So, the only time we're inside the house is to, play to eat and to sleep. And sometimes we eat outside. Like when they were playing with the neighbor kids, I would literally throw a tray of lunch meat and chips and vegetables out in the driveway oh. and all of the neighbor kids would eat. And it was great because then I didn't have to oh, go to yeah. the kitchen. But yeah, we, it, our oh, lunch yeah.
0: Was- If you make food, you make food and they will all come from all over the wood, out of the woodwork, you know, from all the houses. You know, I would get big boxes of popsicles in the summer and put them all out, and kids would come from everywhere. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. So funny. But,
1: you know, I think people naturally think if you don't have a TV and you don't have video games, that's a huge sacrifice. It's not. It just naturally happened. Like, never had a book or an expert that was telling us to do this. We just thought, you know, this is what's best for us and our family. But what happened is that what became important to the kids was spending time with us. And now, you know, when they want want something good, like before with screens, it would be like, okay, I'll do my chores if you give me X amount of screen time or what are you going to give me if I do this? Now when they do their chores and do their yard work and we're all done as a family, we, I know it's weird for an 11 and 12 year old boy, but they're addicted to stuffy time. They love stuffy shows. These stuffed animals and Bobby and Betty bear are a newly made bear couple. And Bobby has a gas problem and Betty's always tired. And you know, now they've had children they're they're quarantined together. And if you make the bears have gas, boys think it's the funniest thing in the world. And then the dogs. Oh my goodness. And that's, that's, Oh, that is so funny. If they work hard or they get a good report, we have a stuffy show. And it's crazy that I feel like we've gone back in time in our family, but um, it's great. We love it. It works for us. So.
0: Well, I love that you're describing that precious, you know, priceless family humor that makes our kids super attached to our families. And this is what they need to be. They need to grow up with this rich environment of these family stories and the humor and the inside jokes. And just only the little things that that y'all know and share together as a family, that is so strengthening to their mental health. And this is what screens really, you know, just take away. Like it just evaporates when the screen's on the scene because the screens become much more entertaining. And, but they're, they're so, um, they're so damaging and our kids are so lonely when they're on them. And so what you're describing, and thank you for sharing that, because you're describing just some real behind the scenes, you know, things that you do as a family. And those are the things that they're going to remember. Your kids will never remember all the Saturdays they got to spend on Fortnite or Call of Duty or Minecraft, they are not going to feel endeared to that. That is not going to be something that they will tell their grandkids one day. Oh, we used to stay in the basement and play Minecraft. I mean, that's just not really fun. But what they will share are the stories that um, make their family, you know, special and to make them feel special. And this, these are just real basic truths about parenting that I I'm so excited to be able to talk about more through our Screen Strong community and, and if y'all want more help and, and be able to talk to Julie and the other Screen Strong ambassadors and moms that are out there go to our Facebook group. We have a Screen Strong families private Facebook group. So you can share your your concerns, you can ask your questions. Um, one final question Julie before we wrap up if you if you could just tell a family out there who's listening, who's really kind of scared, you know, like you were, I mean, the fact that you felt like you were going to have to call 911, like I felt that too. I felt like, um, and I told my son, I'm like, if you get out of hand, I'm going to call the police. The fact that there are families out there that may be inching toward that realization that, you know, we're getting scared of our kids, or, or maybe you just kind of see some inklings of, you know some things that might be warning signs. What what would be the one thing you want to leave our audience um, with today, as far as becoming, you know, as far as changing their their lifestyle to a screen strong lifestyle? What's one piece of encouragement or advice that you could give them?
1: I would say, if it's a parent that's afraid and things are going poorly, the change begins with you. You know, you mm-hmm. are the one. The direction of your family. The change begins with you. Mm -hmm. I so many families where the kids are older and the parent has given up because they feel it's too late. It is never too late. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. are the change. You're the catalyst for change in your family, and you can do this. And no matter what you choose, if if you feel like, oh my goodness, I can't take them away. I need to moderate them you know, our, our community on the Facebook group is so strong and so supportive, you know, they will find support. Um, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. don't give up. If you're feeling this stirring in your gut, like something needs to change, it probably does. And you can do it. Yeah.
0: I love that advice. And I love the advice that it's never too late because, that can be devastating to think that, oh my gosh, what have I done? So you need to do the next thing. Put your one foot in front of the other. Don't worry about what might happen next week. Worry about what you can do today. And and one thing you can get on the site, you can go to ScreenStrong.com. You can join the Facebook group, Screen Strong Families. We have other podcasts you can listen to. Um, we have a lot of blog posts that you can go on screenstrong.com and look up. We're working on a course that we're going to be, um, introducing pretty soon that will be fabulous for families to actually flip through and do together. So Julie, thank you so much for all of your transparency today. And we see you interact on that group. So if anybody has any questions for Julie, you can find her on our Screen Strong Families group. Um. Thank you so much, Julie, for your time and your passion around this issue.
1: Well, thank you, Melanie. I appreciate it. And thank you for your time and passion, too, because it's a great resource. the the group and the the website is great
0: yes thank you I have so much passion sometimes I just am overwhelmed (laughs) with with my energy around this because you know Julie you see it too when you when you talk to families and it's like you see them about to fall over the edge (laughs) it's like no don't don't do it so we have a real urgency but yeah but thank you so much and we'll be back um next time with more stories and we'll be also um interviewing more professionals so be sure and tune in again and don't forget to join the screenstone families facebook and remember that we have your back you are not in this alone and we will help you we will come alongside you and we will help you through your journey so you can come tell your story (laughs) one day soon.